Here we go. It is Friday. Welcome in, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. I am actually out at one of my favorite places, the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. You've got Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios on this Friday here at Riverwind. You know what they're all about. It's about winning, right? Our niece came here for the holidays. Over $4,000. Parker's buddy came out here recently. One over $2,000. So you can win jackpots and uh, cash bonus play and prizes out here. Uh, they're about winning. They're about great bars, great dining, great promotions, great concerts, great service. They've got a big-time hotel as well. It is always a great time out here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. They've got a great new promotion happening in February, the Love to Get Away promotion. Now, through February 25th, play with your Riverwind wild card to earn points, and you could win one of three $10,000 travel vouchers from Ray's Travel. Big-time deal. That'll get you a big-time trip right there. They're giving away three of those and one of five grand prizes of $5,000 in cash. And uh, that's not it. All kinds of other cash and bonus play and prizes in the Love to Getaway promotion here for February at Riverwind. Parker, how we doing on this Friday? Well, Steely, I'm getting ready to get on the road as soon as we're off the air. Going to be up in Kansas and Missouri making the rounds, taking advantage of the dead period, seeing a whole bunch of prospects this weekend. So it is another weekend of travel on the horizon for me, but very excited to just sit and talk all things Oklahoma for you for a couple or with you for a couple hours before let's we do it. Going. Yeah, and uh, we need to get a uh, little Willie Nelson maybe going into the break on the road again. That's your theme, man. That is your theme. You are out on the road all the time. The life you love is, you know, grading prospects with your friends. You can't <laughs> wait to get on the road again. I get. I don't know. Maybe that's the new lyric for you. But anyway, welcome in everybody. Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. On a Friday, uh, I guess the news today that we need to start with would be these reports about Oklahoma and Texas again in the Big 12. When will they ever get to the SEC? We played uh, the clip from Brett McMurphy that we got courtesy of our man Chris Plank talking about, yeah, well, negotiations are still going on. We're still, we'll see what's going to happen. But as of now, it looks like the talks for Oklahoma and Texas to jump to the SEC uh, before 2025 have broken down right now. It appears to be an issue with Fox, compensation for Fox. Uh, this coming from a story from Pete Thamel today. I did see, you know, Dennis Dodd's story the day before that there were issues going on with the Sooners in Texas still trying to get out early. I think it's pretty evident that's why you didn't see any official edits of the schedule from either the Sooners or the Longhorns when it came out earlier in the week on Tuesday. They just retweeted the Big 12 schedule. Yeah, whatever, guys. Thanks a lot. Basically, it seemed like it's what they were saying. And uh, Brett McMurphy came out with another report. He does an outstanding job that, you know, that uh, right now they're stalled. That doesn't mean that it's 100% a done deal that Oklahoma and Texas are going to play two more years in the new-look Big 12. But Parker Thune, as of right now... It looks like that's the betting favorite. Which I feel like is disappointing to a lot of Oklahoma fans as well as Texas fans that were anticipating this year in the Big 12, 2023, being the last before you make the transition to the SEC. And again, look, I, 
I'm very much of the opinion that we haven't heard the last of this saga just because money runs everything and there is so much money that stands to be gained from Oklahoma and Texas making that transition. I feel as though these talks, though they may have stalled right now, are going to fire up again at some point. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion necessarily with today's news that Oklahoma and Texas aren't in the Big 12 before 2025, but it is kind of a blow to the momentum uh, that was headed in that direction for OU and Texas to be able to get into the SEC in 2024 and essentially be one and done in the new Big 12. Yeah, and again, I, I think uh, those negotiations could warm up again. Uh, apparently the issue is Fox with compensation for losing some games, and it's always about the money. We've always said that, and when somebody tells you it's not about the money, then it's even more about the money. So, yes, uh, I wouldn't say it's a done deal. But certainly right now, it looks like OU and Texas are going to be in the Big 12 for two more years. Which means, Parker, when you look at it, uh, when OU starts playing in the SEC, you'll have Jackson Arnold as a junior, P.J. Atabare as a junior, Peyton Bowen as a junior. You know, this great recruiting cl- class that they have coming in, number four in the country, you know, a lot of these frontline players, we just mentioned the three five-stars, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like they would redshirt. I don't know what's going to happen with Jackson Arnold maybe redshirt. If Dylan Gabriel stays completely healthy, that's a possibility. But uh, you'll have some seasoned recruits in this class making their debuts in the SEC if it is two years away. Yeah, and I think the solace that you can take in that is that especially for Jackson Arnold as the presumed quarterback of the future and the heir to the throne in that regard at Oklahoma – he will get his first year of starting experience in the Big 12. So maybe it's an easier bit and a more gradual bit of a ramp for Jackson Arnold as he prepares for SEC competition. And look, I think he's a guy that's going to be good enough, especially once he takes a year to learn the Oklahoma system, that it doesn't really matter what conference he's playing in in 2024. I expect that dude to light it up. But I think when you, when you consider what Brent Venables is building defensively, and the fact that you have Jackson Arnold lined up to inherit the reins from Dylan Gabriel, playing an extra year in the Big 12 isn't the worst of things because especially if you can build some strong momentum here in 2023, well, come 2024, if you're still in the Big 12, depending on how the schedule shakes out, you may have a pretty expedient path to the college football playoff. And as I recall, Steely, 2024 is going to be the first year where you have that expanded 12-team playoff. So, To me, at this point, we can already project two years into the future. If Oklahoma's still in the Big 12 in 2024 and they're not a college football playoff team that season, we're all going to have some major questions. Yeah, yeah, particularly uh, talking about where this program is going to be the third year in Brent's uh, system and the way they've recruited. And I think they've done, it looks like they've done very well in the portal. Nothing's for sure there, but, you know, I'd be very surprised if a guy like Deshaun McCullough is not a major playmaker for the Sooners next year. So, and again, he's got uh, at least a couple years with OU. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. And uh, again, I don't think this is super surprising news, and I wouldn't give up on this being the last year in the Big 12 for OU in Texas. But, man, there's a fight going on over money and compensation, and those can get a little bit nasty. So we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. What else is on your mind today? We've got uh, Sooner basketball at West Virginia tomorrow night. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was named a all-star reserve last night. 
Uh, he now joins Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Chris Paul as uh, an all-star for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Thunder now has five all-stars in their history, and I think it's been, what, 15 years now for Oklahoma City. Not bad. Uh, you had a slam dunk champion in uh, Hami Diallo back in the day as well. So uh, the Thunder will be represented, as expected, by SGA in the All-Star game. And again, Oklahoma City with a disappointing performance against Houston at home the other night. That was maybe one of the worst losses, if not the worst loss of the year uh, for Oklahoma City. And they will play the Houston Rockets uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. And keep in mind, LeBron had 26 last night in the Lakers win at Indiana. The Lakers play again Uh, at New Orleans Saturday, then they will host Oklahoma City on Tuesday night, and as we talked about, that game is going to be picked up. TNT will have that Tuesday night because LeBron is now 63 points away uh, from tying, 64 obviously from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time NBA scoring record, and uh, there is a good chance uh, that could happen against Oklahoma City uh, next Tuesday night out in L.A. Uh, so we got a lot of things going on, and I uh, want to hear from you on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. I want to know what you guys really think. Is it better that Oklahoma play two more years in the Big 12, realistically, coming off a 6-7 and seven season, or are you ready to say, man, one more year and that's it? I didn't even want one more year. Is it actually perhaps good news based on where the program is right now that the Sooners – Maybe playing Big 12 football for two more seasons. Let us know on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. We do have our Friday chat with Brandon Drum coming up uh, at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. That's where I am out here today at uh, Riverwind, where, again, tonight is steak night at the River Buffet. All-you-can-eat steak, great side dishes, great desserts, $19.99, heck of a deal. Uh, seafood night on Saturday at the River Buffet and a big-time brunch again on Sunday. Also, thank you to our friend Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour here on Steelman and Thune. Give them a call. Any heating and air need you need addressed, they'll get it done for you at a fair price with professional service, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Let's take an opening timeout right here. Come back. We will hit the text line up when we get back and talk a little Sooner recruiting as well right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Let's go. It's the weekend. It is Friday. I'm Mike Steely here at Riverwind Casino along with Parker Thune back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios of the ref getting ready for the weekend. And uh, we want to know what you think about uh, this latest story. It looks like Oklahoma and Texas again are going to be in the Big 12 two more years again. Uh, contracts can change. Uh, contracts can be broken. It's all about trying to figure out the finances. So I don't think it's a done deal, but it certainly looks like that is the betting favorite uh, right now concerning the Sooners and the Longhorns. So once again, I'm here at Riverwind on a Friday. Great promotions out here in February, the Love to Get Away promotion. Now through February 25th, play with your Riverwind wild card, earn points, and you could win big like one of three $10,000 travel vouchers from Ray's Travel, one of five grand prize awards they're going to be giving away during this promotion, $5,000 in cash, 
and all kinds of other cash and bonus play. That's another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. All right, uh, Parker, you want to get to the uh, the text line? Let's do it. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's start out there. Yeah, again, Steely asked, how do you feel about Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2025? Is the extra year that appears to now be on the table? Well, I guess it isn't an extra year when you think about what the timeline has always been, but... A lot of people figured Oklahoma and Texas were going to be in the SEC in 2024, regardless of what the public messaging was. Well, via multiple reports today, it now appears that it's more likely that it's going to have to wait till 2025 for Oklahoma and Texas. So on the text line, what are the folks thinking about the extra year in the Big 12? Listener in Wichita says, rather be in the SEC sooner than later, but you play whoever they put in front of you. Not concerned with the schedule, and I'm sure BV isn't as well. Worry about the things that you can control. Meanwhile, Squirrel and Norman says, 2025 SEC and OU equals perfect fit. You know, that that might not be a a bad take because, you know, last year obviously the Sooners, you know, had uh, so many chances in those one-possession games they couldn't close. If they can go out and close most of those, if not all of those, they get a chance to win. 10 games next year you know or more who knows maybe they could be the tcu next season now certainly that's a big step forward but i still like the culture i love the way they're recruiting i think they've gotten some help through the portal if they can keep dylan gabriel healthy that's going to be immensely uh, you know a positive situation for oklahoma in that regard so we'll see so maybe that could be just in terms of where they land in the sec in terms of how they match up Maybe it's the best-case scenario. I know that we want to get there. A lot of us want to get there. You want to see those matchups now rather than later. But from a realistic perspective, maybe that is the best situation for OU. Sean on the text line says, as a season ticket holder and booster, I'm tired of paying premium prices for an AAC schedule. Another listener says, I don't even want one more year. If they could go this year, I think it would be best. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And as, as we talked about, um, Parker, you know, when you think of the uh, the headline guys in this class, the three five-stars we talked about, Jackson Arnold, P.J. Atabare, Peyton Bowen, and then you think about the other big-time recruits in this class that are four-stars, somebody like a Macari Vickers or Sammy Omasigo, those guys would be pretty well-seasoned. You know, if it's a two-year wait to get to the SEC, you would have those guys, and if they pan out, playing at a pretty high level, you would think. Listener in the 580 says, absolutely, give me one more Bedlam in Norman, which, of course, would be on the schedule for 2024. A listener in the 918 says, the sooner the OU leaves the WAC 12, the better. Don't need random losses to Cincinnati and UCF for SEC schools to use against us in recruiting. The WAC 12, I like that. Hey, uh, I know we, uh, we didn't talk about it yesterday. I know you and Tyler got into it, but... Gerald McCoy getting on Twitter was pretty cool, talking about, man, BB, just let me go recruit kind of thing. And then Kenny Stills joined in. Uh, Gerald, of course, an Oklahoma kid from Oklahoma City, and Kenny Stills, a Cali kid. Uh, But they were both saying, let me help. Uh, Do you think it was all this David Stone stuff that got uh, G.K. McCoy fired up? Well, no doubt, just because David Stone, I believe, is the first five-star defensive lineman from the state of Oklahoma since Gerald McCoy, unless I'm omitting someone. But 
David Stone is probably the last guy at the defensive line position from within state lines that had the same status, same stature nationally as a recruit that Gerald McCoy did. Uh, back to the text line. Shane in Newcastle says there's pros and cons for both, but allowing BV more time to gain momentum is the top pro to the situation. I think the early exit was hyped by the excitement for the future. I'd rather go in more prepared and ready for that level of competition. Another says, get out of the little 12 ASAP. Being in this conference does not help recruiting. It doesn't make the team better. Get to the SEC and get the recruiting and revenue bump. Well, it certainly didn't affect their recruiting this year, right? No, it doesn't. I, mean, look, like, that's... I, I, I think part of the deal is, too, Parker, is the hope, you know, not the hope, it's going to happen, but Oklahoma is is going to the SEC, you know, eventually, um, if, if it is two years. But when you look up at the number four class in the country, it didn't hurt them at all this year. No, it didn't. And guess what? The three schools that finished ahead of them were Alabama, Georgia, and Texas. Three schools that are already in the SEC or making the move to the SEC before long. So Oklahoma's already out recruiting everybody that's not in the SEC. So is there going to be a recruiting bump? Well, it feels like the answer is an obvious knee-jerk yes, but how much of a bump can you realistically expect when Oklahoma's already recruiting better than just about anybody in the country year to year that isn't already in the SEC? Yeah, this is their best class of the uh, the modern era, and you're coming off uh, six and seven. So I think they did a fantastic job, and you're talking about you think you know it's possible they could have a class just as good this year, if not better. So we'll see. Um, and I, I do think the fact that you can still sell these kids on, you know, where you're going to be in the SEC at some point where you didn't have that calling card, you know, before – uh, you know, last summer. Back to the text line here. Shark says, doesn't matter if they play in the Missouri Valley, my backside will be in the stadium six home games a year. There you go. That That's commitment right there. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line, again, 405-651-3439. Is there anything going on? Somebody actually walked by the table here at Riverwind. Ask Parker if there's anything new on Michael Hawkins, what does he think? <laughs> no, there's nothing new on Michael Hawkins, and that situation will probably go quiet for a little while because we are in a dead period now. I I kind of get the sense that Hawkins and his family are going to want to take one more visit apiece to Oklahoma and TCU before they make a final decision, and also they got to get clear of the UIL situation again uh, with his pending transfer from Allen to Frisco Emerson. So, not a whole lot has changed in the last few days there. Uh, it may be a little while before anything else changes, at least materially. Uh, elsewhere on the text line, we had a listener say, oh, i got to find the text here because it, it was a fantastic one. Started the day off working outside in northern Wisconsin at negative 20 degrees, but luckily it has warmed up to negative 2. Boomer sooner. You, my friend, are our KREF listener of the week of the day. Congratulations. That again, that, that's a big time. Uh, needs to be promoted up the uh, up the ladder um, in the ref army. I think, right? Yeah, definitely worthy of a promotion. I would say. Yeah. Uh, another listener in the nine one eight says, "Just give me OU football. I don't care who they play." 
Another says, I don't really care when we go to the SEC, but I do not think it makes sense to pay the exit fee, especially given last year's football performance. Frisco Sooner says, who cares? The status will change again next week. And Justin in Kawita says, I'm good with another two years. That'll be Venable's fourth year, correct? We need to tighten some things up, and that gives us ample opportunities and time to do so. Plus, we'll have another good class under our belt, which I can only hope will be at least a top 10 class. Yeah, and look, I agree uh, to a certain extent with the uh, the texter who said, you know, it's going to change. Who cares? Um, it could. It very well could. And my guess is, Parker, we're going to be talking about this again. And I don't know. Even right now, based on what I'm hearing, I still think there's about a one in three chance that Oklahoma's playing its last season in the Big 12. And that's nothing more than a gut feeling. But, you know, um, you would think that these kinds of negotiations, wrangling over the dollars, will continue. Maybe they're taking a break on this deal, but I just uh, I don't think it's completely over yet. No, it doesn't seem that way. Let's hit a couple more texts here before we get to a break. Two more years of getting robbed by the officials in football and basketball. Uh, <laughs> Kendall says, do you think the Chinese spy balloon is affecting the move to the SEC? I don't know. Did, did I miss the Chinese spy balloon? Yeah, that was the that thing, thing that was circulating on social media. Apparently there's a Chinese spy balloon. Or so they say. Floating, really? Floating over United States airspace. Wow. I, you know, I guess I should have been on social media a little bit more the last couple nights. But maybe I've been too out of it because of the uh, achy, breaky tooth I had. But that's repaired. So I need to get caught up again. So I didn't know we had a Chinese spy balloon. But I will be looking upward in the sky to see if I spot it. Okay, you want to take a break? Why don't we do that right here? Yep. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Friday edition, Steelman and Thune. Here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network, Oklahoma, West Virginia, tomorrow night. I would say just about every game is a must-win for Oklahoma right now because even after they dug themselves out of a hole against Alabama, they fell right back into the Grand Canyon with that really bad, horrible performance in Bedlam. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And uh, also, a college football expert still likes the Sooners to bounce back. We'll talk about that when we get back to. Stay with us. Welcome back. It is a Friday edition of uh, Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref Radio Network. You can have a little rendezvous out here at Riverwind Casino and win yourself a jackpot. People are winning all the time. Great promotions, great service. They've got tremendous entertainment out here as well. And uh, big-time dining options. You've got a great food court. You have Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Really quaint pub atmosphere. A great place to come watch a game, have yourself a Guinness or whatever you prefer, but they've got great food in there as well. And, of course, the River Buffet is world-class. Steak night on Friday night, seafood night on uh, Saturday night, and on Sunday it is a great brunch for you at the uh, River Buffet. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, uh, the Sooners again dropped off a six and seven a year ago. And, uh, you know, Joe Clatt was one of the guys, along with Cal- Colin Cowherd, I might add, that were saying after 
the OU Nebraska game, and the Sooners wallop the Cornhuskers right there in Lincoln. That man, Oklahoma's best. This second best team I've seen behind Georgia. The way they're playing, that defense, and man, they were really impressed. And a couple weeks later, of course, they were slamming the Sooners for being horrible. But Joe Klatt said the other day he does expect a turnaround season from Oklahoma next fall. Oklahoma, I considered in the top ten, and you might be thinking to yourself, really. Oklahoma in the top 10? Yeah. Oklahoma in the top 10. I considered them. For the reason that they just lost a ton of close games. There was really only two games that they got blown out. And by the way, in both of those games, they basically lost their quarterback. Either either he was knocked out of the game, Dylan Gabriel against TCU, or didn't play in, in the Texas game. And then when he was on the field, what did they do? Played one possession games. Unfortunately, they lost them all. They were like the 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 direct opposite of what TCU was this year. TCU was a team that when they got into a close game, they ended up winning that close game. And here's Oklahoma 0-5 in one-score games. So here's an Oklahoma team that won six games, and then they were 0-5 in one-score games. That easily flips. And when you're talking about possibly being in the top 10, you know, so I'm talking about top 12 teams in the country or better at the end of the year. What do all those teams have in common? Generally speaking, they have 10 or more victories. And I think Oklahoma could be in that category. They're a team that could climb very easily. This is a team that under Brent Venables has done a great job in recruiting. And with Dylan Gabriel back and healthy, I just don't see a reason why Oklahoma can't improve dramatically. Joe Klatt, that is our Ortho Central Clip of the Day, brought to you by, of course, Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now a brand-new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. So what what is a, a win total, a win bar you think that the Sooners need to uh, clear next season, Parker, for OU fans not to go ballistic? I think they need to win double-digit games, and I think they should win double-digit games. I think you should win minimum nine games in the regular season looking at that schedule, and I'd hope you win a bowl game, too. So, I'm setting the threshold at double-digit wins. I don't think that's unrealistic. I don't think that's unreasonable, especially when you consider that, as Joel Klatt mentioned, Oklahoma was 0-5 in one-possession games in 2022. So, Six and seven could very easily have been 11 and two. And obviously, you need a few things to go your way in a few different individual instances to turn six and seven into 11 and two. But the point is, Oklahoma wasn't as far off from being a double digit win team in 2022 as your average six and seven football team would have been. So, my expectation, one way or another, is double digit wins. I would hope that that's what the program attains in 2023. Otherwise, people are going to have issues and people are going to have questions. Yeah, and uh, you trade out, obviously, in the schedule for next fall, you, you trade out the K State Kryptonite and uh, a Baylor program that's been, you know, pretty problematic at times for Oklahoma as well. And you put in a Cincinnati team on the road and you put in a Provo. Uh, trip to go play BYU, and I'm not saying those will be cakewalks at all, particularly that senior night game in Provo, but they, they're replacing a lot of players. Uh, the Cougars are, and uh, we're talking about Cincinnati. Luke Fickle is not at Cincinnati anymore, so I, I don't know if that program is uh, going to operate at the level they've been operating at for a while. We'll see. So, yeah, I think the Sooners, 
have a chance to certainly win double-digit games. And maybe, you know, with the expectations, uh, which were, were out of whack last year, and I throw myself right there in the mix for, uh, you know, people who made the expectations, made too much of uh, the expectations for last year because of what, what they lost, particularly with, you know, the guy who won the, the Heisman Trophy at quarterback. But uh, you're Oklahoma. You play well. You, you start making progress with this defense. You don't make as many mistakes. You should be able to go to Cincinnati and win. You should be able to go to Pro Bowl and win. I mean, uh, we'll see. Do I expect this team to go undefeated? Absolutely not. But I expect them to be a lot better next fall. Uh, so we'll see. All right, Parker tells me we have a ton of texts on the text line, so let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Oh, this this is a fun one from the 918. OU sold recruits on being in the SEC early. The whole reason you floated the lie that an early exit was on the table. When you lie and the media parrots your lie, it works to manipulate kids. Framing the whole thing as if OU had any leverage at all was hysterical to me. But dumb kids don't understand how the world works. I mean, I won't 100% discount that, but I I don't think that's the case. But in today's uh, world, you never know, you know. What, what's the truth and what's not in a lot of cases. Yes, but it was all a conspiracy to help OU's recruiting all, efforts. We well, floated look, a total lie and a total load of BS. Wait a minute, he's saying we floated? We yes. didn't float the lie. We as the media, Steely. Oh, the, we media the media was part of the conspiracy okay. to help OU effectively recruit kids that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten without the promise of the SEC on the horizon. You know me, I'm an old man. I'm a very touchy old man with a quick trigger now. I'll go start yelling at the cloud during the break, so I just want to make sure he wasn't singling out us. But, you know, there's I, – I don't know. I think the allure of the SEC on the horizon still helps these kids. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But, you know, we uh, just – I think people reacted to the way it happened back in the day when you had, you know, Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, and A&M – be in the league next year, people just assume, like, all right, well, they're going to find a way to figure out the dollars and make this work, and somebody will buy this out or buy that out, and, and they'll get it going. Like I said, I'm still going with about a one in three chance that this will be the last year in the Big 12 for Oklahoma. But, you know, I will admit I'm somewhat gullible. <laughs> somebody asked, is General Booty really dating Margot Robbie? <laughs> Did you see that I saw on social that, media? I did see that, yes. Now, Margot Robbie is married, but, uh, you know, General Booty, there's quite an allure there, right? He's got his own skincare line now, too. Oh, my goodness. From the 918, question for Parker. In your short time at 24-7, what was your worst slash best evaluation of a recruit? The worst one for me was Nathan Rollins-Kabonge. I was pretty sold on that dude being a player at the next level. I thought he was going to be good because he was so raw. He was so athletic. Well, come to find out he gets to Oklahoma and he's just not cut out for the OU culture, at least not in the sport of football. Best eval? Everybody kind of knows me for the Caleb Williams one because I was very adamant very early on that Caleb was going to start as a freshman at Oklahoma. But I think probably the one I'm more proud of was R. Mason Thomas because – Everybody kind of thought R. Mason Thomas, well, he's a late take. He's not getting on campus till June. Uh, he's a guy that 
A lot of folks were saying was going to be too light, was going to be too small to be able to contribute as a true freshman. And I was one of those that was saying, nope, this dude is going to play immediately and be really dang good immediately. And so I would say probably R. Mason Thomas or Caleb Williams as far as good. Definitely Nathan Rollins-Cabange as far as bad. Oh, here we go. Here's a text from the 405. If Todd Bates whiffs on David Stone, then he needs to go. I mean, a lot of people are going to be looking at that. I don't think that Todd Bates needs to go. I know people are frustrated. It's not easy to get those five-star defensive linemen. Uh, It's very difficult. But, hey, maybe G.K. McCoy, maybe Gerald McCoy can help out in a roundabout way. you got to be careful with that stuff, though. But – um, I don't know. Is there? There's another, uh, another five-star defensive lineman that Oklahoma's in on, but besides David Stone, right? Yeah, I mean, look. It, let's let's consider for a moment what the defensive class, or what the defensive line class could still look like if you don't get David Stone. Say the Doomers are right and David Stone goes to Michigan State, you could still end up with Nigel Smith, Zadavian Sims, and Williams Nwaneri very feasibly could end up with all three of those guys. I think at minimum you end up with two out of the three. So are you really going to cry over David Stone for years to come? Yeah, he's, he's going to be a guy that hurts to lose, especially as a five-star defensive lineman from within state lines. But if Oklahoma can recruit three other national top 100 dudes on the interior defensive line as part of this class, I don't think anybody is going to be all too upset in the long run about David Stone. Now, by the way, for all of you asking how the Chinese spy balloon affects recruiting, please tune back in at 2 p.m. We will be leading locked in with that very conversation. You know, there's got to be a couple hillbillies out there with like a 12-gauge trying to take shots at the Chinese spy balloon, right? Boom, you know. Out there like Colgate. Yeah, yeah. Or other, I mean, there are other redneck parts of the country too, right? But I will say this: here is my takeaway, Parker. If the Sooners do not land David Stone, all right, it's very simple. Stop recruiting defensive linemen named David. Period. You had David DJ Hicks. One of the biggest surprises ever on his commitment date, and he stuck with A and M and all that money well and you also if you rewind one more cycle steely you got gabriel brownlow dindy that flipped from oklahoma to a&m late in the process and so maybe you just stray away from five-star defensive linemen with biblical names any five-star defensive Mm -hmm. lineman with a biblical name is an automatic no from here on out yeah so we have to exclude like uh peter and uh is there a job brant job bye job by Job. I was thinking of the golfer there for a second. By Job. There's another one, right? Really? Isn't that biblical? By? Job. Job? Well, I mean, okay, yeah, t- technically. I, see, I yeah. see where you're going with that, yes. Is there a Leviticus out there besides Zachariah Leviticus Zachariah from back in the day? Zachariah Leviticus is the only Leviticus I know of. That's it. That's it. All right. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with David Stone. It's still too early, but I think Oklahoma fans are so burned by the D.J. Hicks situation, they just they don't feel good about it. All right, break time right here, here at Riverwind Casino. Mike Steely, 
Along with Parker Thune, it is Steelman and Thune at noon. Parker is back at the Buffalo Wild Wings Studios. Let's take a break right here, come back. We'll get as many texts in as we can. Brandon Drum coming up at 1.35 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Stay with us here on The Ref. Okay, it's a Friday edition of Steelman and Thune. I am out here at Riverwind Casino. Join uh, everybody out here at Riverwind to win your share of $95,000 in cash and bonus play in the month of February. That will that will warm your heart, right? Uh, 75K up for grabs in the Love to Getaway promotion, including $10,000 in travel vouchers from Raise Travel. They also are going to be giving away three grand prize awards. Uh, in the Love to Getaway promotion, $5,000 in cash each. Plus, don't forget about the Mad Dash for cash. There is always something to be playing for here at Riverwind, not only just uh, out on one of the electronic gaming machines, but with your wild card in these promotions. They always have the best promotions and the best giveaways here at Riverwind. All right, we've got a few minutes left in this first hour. Brandon Drum again in hour number two at 135. But let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Frisco Sooner says, please, the guy who thinks it would be a good idea to let Todd Bates go if OU doesn't get stoned is a moron. If we're not for him, we're not even talking to these kids. Ask him how many of these guys we have even been in a legitimate conversation with since Gerald McCoy. Be patient. This guy is one of the best recruiters in the nation and would be hired by someone else in all of about three seconds if OU got rid of him. Frisco, standing applause. Yes, I agree. I like that. Yeah, I, I think that, look, Todd Bates uh, was one of the best hires Brent made. I mean, uh, you know, he has a reputation as a big-time recruiter at Clemson. I think they did pretty well recruiting at Clemson. Brent, obviously, has been a great closer as well, but he's been a former uh, one of the services. I can't remember if it was 247 or not, but was the national recruiter of the year. These, you know, these are heavyweight battles for these five-star D linemen, man. You know, um, and Oklahoma needs to win one. There's no doubt. But Todd Bates, I think, has been a great addition. Somebody on the text line simply said, that guy is high. I don't know whether that's in reference to me or in reference to you or in reference to someone on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I think he's talking about the guy who said that Todd Bates, if he doesn't get... You know, David Stone needs to be fired. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Let's see what else we have. Uh, not not, not going to start ba- bashing Todd Bates if we miss Stone, but I will definitely be upset with him. Uh, oh boy, listener in the 918 says, Love the Sooners, but here we go again with the hype. Top 10, double-digit win team next year. Let's see if BV can manage a close game to squeak out some wins. Again, I... I, I would reference you to the 2023 schedule and ask you, do you see fewer than nine games that OU realistically should win? Because I see nine of them, and if you factor in a bowl win, you're looking at ten. Non-conference, Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, OU should be 3-0. and 
They should beat Cincinnati. They should beat Iowa State. They should beat UCF. They should beat West Virginia, Kansas, and Oklahoma State, the way that those teams are shaping up. Again, what should happen does not always happen, but I think when you consider that the three games elsewhere on the schedule that I wouldn't consider to be games that OU certainly, beyond a shadow of a doubt, should win are Texas, BYU, and TCU, all games that are plenty winnable in their own right and that OU will probably be favored in, I don't see how your expectation can be lower than double-digit wins. I mean, the schedule's right there for the taking. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it's all about closing out these close games and not uh, beating themselves, you know, and playing complimentary football. I know that's totally generic and, uh, you know, cliche, but too many times one side of the ball would let them down. And OU, again, just didn't make enough key plays when the games are on the line, which we, you know, that's where Sooner Magic, uh, you know, came from. Close games, making a play. Uh, when your back's against the wall and it looks like, you know, Keith Jackson's catch, some of the other plays, you know, um, particularly in the Nebraska game that the Sooners made, you've got to make more more of your fair share of those plays. So, again, I think anything under nine to me would be a disappointment for Oklahoma. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, it's automatic, it's a done deal. You certainly have to be leery of uh, projections for the Sooners based on what you saw last year. But I, I just think that... Um, it would be disappointing anything less than nine. And Sooner fans are probably disappointed even with a nine-win season. They have high standards. All right, got to get out of here for hour number one. Thank you to last year Home Comfort Systems. Brandon Drum coming up at 135 in the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We still have another hour to go. Keep it right here. Here we are on a Friday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. I am at my Friday home away from home, the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino, big-time promotions in February. You can win $95,000 in cash and bonus play in February. Up for grabs. Let's get out here and get your share. The Love to Getaway promotion, they're giving away three $10,000 travel vouchers from Ray's Travel. They're also giving away five grand prize awards of $5,000 in cash between now and February 25th. They've got the Mad Dash for cash out here as well. You can always win and participate in the best promotions out here at Riverwind Casino. I highly recommend you get your wild card. Uh, If you haven't been out here to Riverwind and you're new to the area, um, you know, or maybe you've been out here a couple times, you just never got a wild card. I would highly recommend getting one. It's free. It's going to help you in promotions. Uh, you are likely to have your wild card, you know, in, in one of the gaming machines, and you might be able to hear your name called, winning one of the promotional giveaways. So come on out here, participate in the new Member 7 program at Riverwind. You grab a wild card, a brand-new wild card, won't cost you a thing, and you can win up to $450 in one day. Justin and the marketing team out here, they do unbelievable work. The renovations continue. Really looks great out here. There's still a few areas that uh, they're working on. won't be too long before we have, uh, you know, concerts back in the Showplace Theater. If you've been to Riverwind before and seen a show at the Showplace Theater, 
Uh, it's a really great venue, and I saw the Oak Ridge Boys. I remember it was my first one out here, and very by God, Switzer was out here uh, to see that. I know that uh, Coach Switzer has seen, the, I think, the Bellamy brothers out here a few times. So you're liable to run into the King while you're being entertained with another great show down the road here when they reopen the Showplace Theater. They do have a non-smoking gaming area in there right now. They also have a new gaming area in the River Lounge area and the Sky Bridge. Renovations continue. It looks spectacular. Uh, and, again, we're in the fourth quarter of these renovations here at Riverwind. All right. I did see that the charges against uh, Joe Mixon were dropped for aggravated menacing. His, uh, his agent had said, you know, that uh, the charges are going to be dropped. This was... Sorry. Parker, take over one second. Hang on. <laughs> oh, boy, no worries, Steely. But, yeah, Joe Mixon, for those not following the story, uh, I I suppose was charged with criminal menacing the other night. His agent quickly came out with a statement and said that uh, – the charges were in error. The city of Cincinnati, I guess, an hour ago requested that the warrant and the charges be dropped against the Bengals running back. And, of course, that's a guy in Joe Mixon who, uh, I look, I, I don't want to speak on the situation in great detail because obviously we don't know all of the details and probably won't for a little while yet. But one thing you can say about Joe Mixon is that he made a really egregious mistake his freshman year at the University of Oklahoma. And he's done a tremendous job since then of stewarding the second chance he was given by Bob Stoops and making the most of it. So uh, pending the outcome of whatever this legal situation is, we'll see. Uh, But Joe Mixon, uh, obviously in the news again, atop the headlines once again for a rather ignominious reason. Again, not entirely sure it's legitimate, not entirely sure it's not. We'll wait for more details before we address the situation in a great degree of detail. Yeah, and and the situation is, you know, none of us know. Uh, and you're going to see people like, well, you know, she was out for money or whatever, or people ripping Joe Mixon. None of us really know. I mean, you weren't there. Uh, you can make your judgments. I do know this. I, I hope that it didn't happen, and the charges were dismissed for aggravated menacing. He was allegedly pointing a gun in a – uh, a lady's face and saying some things um i guess it was in a nightclub but we 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 don't know if you're not there you don't know but let's hope that joe mixon wasn't doing that just because the charges are dismissed doesn't mean something didn't happen here you never know and maybe none of this happened but we just don't know but joe mixon cannot make another mistake look i agree with you parker man the job that he's done since that incident He's become beloved in Cincinnati. You know, the fans love him there, but it's about more than just football, man. It's about this is a, again, uh, I just hope that, you know, this was uh, not true. And I, if it is true, that's a horrible, stupid decision. Uh, you know, he was given a good second chance by Bob Stoops and for people saying there was no discipline. At OU, you know, dis- disciplinary action. He had to sit out a year. Now, you may disagree whether that was the appropriate discipline or not. I did disagree with it at the time. I said he should have been gone from OU. He can uh, rebuild his career somewhere else. But for the most part, 
he's done a good job uh, rehabbing himself and behaving. So I'm hoping this isn't uh, isn't true, but the bottom line is none of us know. So anyway, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm sorry about that. I got choked up for a second. I, I just couldn't talk. Got choked up. It's My all bad. good. It is all good. We, we, we will progress. We will move past it. Listener from the 918 on the text line says, this schedule talk is the same as it was in 2022. That's why we play the games. You never know how teams are going to perform. Most of the sportscasters all thought 22 was going to be an easy schedule, and we saw how that turned out. Love BV and think things will go much better next year, but hard to assess a schedule when you don't really know how the other teams are going to perform. Who would have thought TCU in the national championship game? Yeah, well, no crap. You don't really know how the other teams are going to perform. That's the nature of prognostication. What we think might happen isn't necessarily going to happen. Think about uh, TCU was picked, what, seventh in the uh, preseason Big 12 poll and uh, played for a national championship. And I got throttled in the championship game, but nobody thought. I mean, think about how it started out for TCU, right? You got Chandler Morris beating out Max Duggan to win the starting quarterback job. They stumbled around and beat Colorado in the opener. Nobody was thinking, you know, well, TCU, you know, they're going to get on a roll, and they did. So yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see how how it turns out next season. And um, you know, I, I still think that Oklahoma has enough talent to have a much better. Uh, season next year, and I think particularly the portal additions that they've made on the defensive side of the ball are going to help immensely, unless they just, you know, don't pan out. And I'm, I'm just, I would think a guy like Deshaun McCullough is going to pan out. I'm just confused as to what that listener wants and or doesn't want. They just not want us to talk about the schedule until the games get played? We want to just do two hours of Sooner history every weekday from now until September until we have actual games to talk about in retrospect? Now, to be fair, that listener's last text prior to this one was, if Peyton Bowen didn't want to be a Sooner good riddance, he's only the top subject because you all are making him. Quit talking about him and move on to the kids that are excited to be Sooners and want to be here. That was during the 24-hour period that Peyton Bowen was committed to Oregon. So So this is one of the, you're thinking, one of the tell-you-how-to-do-your-job guys. Yes. Yes. Okay. Certainly. One of the uh, aspiring program directors. So you've got a couple uh, categories. You've got the uh, the well actually guy, who's going to correct you on you know six four versus six five. By the way, he was right though. Uh, Taylor Heim uh, did come out and say six five on Twitter the other day. In fact, so one of our Ref Army listeners asked him six four six five. Stealing Sports Parker Thune to go. He said six five. So, but there's a well actually guy. There's the hillbilly. And now we have, uh, are we calling a program director? Aspiring program director. Aspiring program director in APD. Yeah, hey, by the way, we have an update to this whole realignment thing, courtesy of Brett McMurphy, six minutes ago. Uh Oh, another one. He tweeted, and listen closely here, Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12 – reached an exit agreement for OU and UT to leave the Big 12 early and join the SEC in 2024. However, ESPN and Fox, quote-unquote, not satisfied with overall deal, so that's why it hasn't been completed, source said. 
No specific deadline yet to get this done. So again, Steely, looks like this whole thing is far from dead. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. And uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of us were feeling like one more year for Oklahoma and Texas, this will be it, and then they're on to the SEC. But apparently Fox is, from what I'm hearing, uh, Fox may be holding up the deal right now. But, you know, this could get worked out. Fred McMurphy's a good reporter, and he has a fine mustache, too. You know, sometimes it's not there how many good mustaches are out there i think to to pull off the mustache you know is very difficult i, I think that's... to pull off a mustache you got to have a resume that includes something along the lines of elite 11 mvp national gatorade player of the year etc yeah and then jackson arnold uh, it's it's more than a caterpillar but it's a, it's a matured caterpillar mustache a little bit but he's jackson you know Jackson Arnold's. He can, whatever mustache he wants, he can pull off. But Brett McMurphy, I must say, it's a, you could see Brett McMurphy with that look back in like Tombstone or Dodge City with a cowboy hat on riding into town and look pretty good. Fairly intimidating. The, the McMurphy kid. My favorite, so, my favorite text of the segment on the Air Comfort Solutions text line comes from a listener in the 580 who simply said, not going to lie, it bothers me how many idiots we have in our fan base. Well, uh, you know, as long as they're loyal idiots, that's fine. I don't know that we have a bunch, but all you have to do is look at social media every day and find out what social media has done. It's done many good things. There are a lot of good things about social media, right? But you can also say, my goodness, there are more morons than I ever imagined. I mean, I felt the moron population was, I don't know, maybe in the 5 percentile range. I'm thinking it might be upwards of 20 or more. I tell you, we have a listener in the 918 apologizing on behalf of the entirety of green country. He said, my apologies, fellas. The 918 is weak today. Some dumb comments coming out. Well, we still love the 918. We love the uh, show Tulsa King, and we love the 918. Green country. I mean, that's where the blue whale of Catoosa is that finally got featured in that national commercial, which is big time. Road trip to the blue whale of Catoosa many times in my day, and it's a special attraction. All right, we got a break right here. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune on your Friday. I'm here at Riverwind Casino. Great promotions out here. Big night if you like to eat well. Steak night at the River Buffet. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is a special place to eat well and watch the game. Great food court. Always something happening. Always somebody winning here at Riverwind Casino. Coming right back here on The Ref. Sir, it is Friday. Mike Steely here at Riverwind Casino. Uh, steak night tonight at the River Buffet. Always great dining options. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant and a great food court. I mean, all the choices are really good. Uh, they have an IHOP here now. Taco Bueno, can't go wrong. Burger King and Panda Express. I mean, those are some Hall of Fame fast food 
kind of places right there in the food court here at Riverwind Casino. The Love to Get Away promotion uh, going on now through February 25th. Play with your wild card, earn points, and you could win one of three $10,000 travel vouchers they're giving away from Ray's Travel. That'll get you a nice trip right there. And they're also giving away five grand prize awards of $5,000 in cash in this promotion, all kinds of other cash bonus play and prizes, $95,000 in cash and bonus play here in the month of February at Riverwind Casino. Another another reason why Riverwind, again, is simply the best. All right, Shea Gilgis-Alexander officially announced as an all-star last night on TNT as Kenny the Jet Smith did the honors. From the Oklahoma City Thunder, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And that is a, another one that, uh, yeah, that comes as a surprise. Surprise? To, no one? No one. First time he's an all-star in his fifth season, 31 a night, five rebounds, six oh, assists, my shooting 51%. He's had 30 games of 30 points, fifth in the league in scoring. Congratulations man, to Shea. He is flat-out balling. Alexander. Tell you what, man, that team, that team has got a bright future. And they get that big boy back next year? Who's sitting out this year? Yes, indeed. They screw around and get a couple more lottery picks. Woohoo! He's going to be going back to Brick. Could City. you just read it? Okay. <laughs> there you go. Back to Loud City, Charles. There's no Brick City, Loud City. I think is what we're talking about there. So, yeah, and uh, good for Shea. He becomes Oklahoma City's fifth All-Star selection. Obviously, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Paul George, when he was here in Oklahoma City, Chris Paul, his second stint coming back to Oklahoma City to play for the Thunder was an all-star. Thunder also has a, a slam dunk champion in their history with uh, Hami Diallo, but SGA becomes Oklahoma City's fifth all-star selection. J.J. Redick on his podcast said that he believes that Shea is also still flying way under the radar. Because I, I do think the average fan is not necessarily t- tuning in to the three nationally televised games that Oklahoma City has on a Tuesday night on NBA TV. They're not watching uh, Oklahoma City versus the Sacramento Kings or Oklahoma City versus the Wizards, but you're missing a f- show if you're not watching Oklahoma City with Shea in the lineup. 31 a game, six assists a game, five rebounds a game. In any given year, those are first-team all-NBA numbers. I mean... He is spectacular. There you go. J.J. Redick high on uh, SGA. Oklahoma City will be back in action tomorrow night. That'll be a 7 o'clock tip in the Toyota Center against the Rockets. An embarrassment. Really, maybe their worst effort of the year against Houston in a home court loss on uh, Wednesday night. They're certainly missing the defensive prowess of Lou Dort. There's no doubt about that. So it's, uh, again, at Houston uh, Saturday night. Monday at Golden State, and then Tuesday at the L.A. Lakers. That game, as we talked about, has been picked up by TNT because LeBron is only 63 points away from tying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. So he needs 64 to break the record, 63 to tie. Uh, They had a victory last night where LeBron scored 26 at Indiana. Uh, The Lakers will play at New Orleans Saturday. They will host Oklahoma City again next Tuesday night. So there is still a a chance 
that LeBron gets that record done against the Thunder next Tuesday night on TNT. And then on Thursday nights of next week, the Lakers will host Milwaukee and Giannis in a nationally televised TV game uh, on TNT. So uh, it should happen unless LeBron has an unbelievable, and who knows, you know, will he play at New Orleans? We'll see. My guess is maybe, yes. But um, could happen. It, it will happen against either Oklahoma City or Milwaukee next week. All right, let's get back to the text line, 405-651-3439. In your opinion, which position group will be most improved slash developed for this upcoming season as we turn our attention back to football here? We're going to go linebacker? What do you think? Yeah, I think, honestly, well, it kind of depends on your evaluation of how things went at each individual position group because people have – differing opinions in that regard I think it's going to be the secondary and I don't think the secondary was bad last year but I also think the secondary is going to be legit good this time around this season because I think in that corner room you've got Woody Washington who's going to lock down one corner position you're going to have Gentry Williams and Kenai Walker in the mix to start on the other side you're going to have a guy in Macari Vickers that I think is capable of coming in and playing right off the bat at corner and then in the back end at safety, man, Billy Bowman, Reggie Pearson, Robert Spears Jennings, Key Lawrence, you throw Peyton Bowen into the mix. There is depth. There is talent. And I'm really confident that it's going to be hard to throw the ball on the Sooners in the year of our Lord 23. I'm looking at linebacker, and I like your assessment there. I do think they're going to be better. There, there's no doubt about it. But I think, you know, everybody's talking about Deshaun McCullough, uh, you know, playing the cheetah position, which is basically a, a, a hybrid linebacker, obviously. Uh, but with Jaron Canick coming in now, I think he's going to be there alongside uh, Danny Stutzman. We know that Stutzman has great raw ability, but, you know, he struggled a little bit in positioning and technique and that defense at times and still made a ton of tackles and is really uh, a, a good player with even more potential. So, I'm going to go with linebacker, but I think most Sooner fans are hoping it's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball, that's for sure. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Somebody mentioned you missed Kendall Dolby, Parker, and, yes, I I did overlook Kendall Dolby. That's my fault on that. Dolby's another guy uh, that's going to be certainly capable of showing up on campus and contending for a starting spot right off the bat. And depending on whether the Sooner – staff likes him better at safety or corner I think there's probably a more expedited path to playing time at corner but I know there's a thought that perhaps they could try him out at safety as well listener on the text line said hopefully OU can land Nick Jackson the Virginia transfer linebacker and it sounds as though that battle has come down to Oklahoma and Iowa and having talked to people on the OU side and having talked to people on the Iowa side over the last 24 hours it doesn't sound like anybody knows which school it's going to be, but it's going to be Oklahoma or it's going to be Iowa for Nick Jackson. I know the Sooner staff has been pushing hard for him, hoping to add him to the linebacker room, a guy that for the last three seasons has topped 100 tackles in each campaign and was an all-ACC guy for Virginia. Uh, I think he's ninth all-time in that program's history in total tackles. So he'd be nice to add as some experienced depth to the room because I think everybody's kind of expecting that it's going to be Jaron Canick, Danny Stutzman, Deshaun McCullough amongst the group that starts. 
But beyond that, I think you're really counting on guys like Samuel Masigo and Lewis Carter to come in and be ready to play and able to play right off the bat because I don't know if you want three guys taking 80-plus percent of the snaps at linebacker the way you did a season ago. So Nick Jackson would be a nice add for Oklahoma. They're pushing hard to make that a reality. The Jackson deal sounds to me like, um, I, I don't know if you, you're old enough to ever have had this happen to you, Parker, but where, when you like get unexpected money, not that you know they've been working for this deal, but where all of a sudden like you get, hey, you know, a, a, like uh, a company, hey, we overcharged you by $312 in the, uh, on your last bill. Here's, you know, here's $350 for you. And you're like, what? I wasn't expecting that. All right, that's cool. But that would be a really good addition. And, again, talking about experience, because you talk about guys that these guys are proven, some of them already, Deshaun McCullough, obviously, Reggie Pearson, um, drawn a blank on the uh, the kid from Wake Forest's name, Rondell um, Bothroyd. Bothroyd. I mean, these guys have made plays, and it'll be the same with Jackson. That yeah, you know, I mean, the proof is there that he's made a lot of plays too. So if you could add experience like that, uh, and a guy again who has those kind of numbers to what's already, I think, a pretty good portal haul for Oklahoma, uh, that would be that would be unbelievable. All right. Uh, we have time for one more? I'd say let's hit a break and get to Brandon on it. the other side. Sounds good. All right. Uh, by the way, I want to shout out our second-hour sponsor, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Great deals on vehicles there. If you're looking for a car, truck, SUV, you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle, they've got a great selection. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley at the Seth Wadley Auto Group and Seth's guarantee of oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on The Ref, coming back with Brandon Drum up next here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Here we go, Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline as he does every Friday. Still with the greatest uh, theme coming on our hotline. I, I don't think that will ever be beat. Brandon, we appreciate your time as usual. Uh, I, I think we'll start with the David Stone stuff. Uh, Gerald McCoy, you know, tweeting out that he wants to help Brent Venables. Then you had Kenny Stills saying, hey, I'll pitch in too. Uh, you know, we're still early in this David Stone process, but I think Sooner fans, a little PSD from what happened with DJ Hicks, David Hicks, uh, and they're very worried about uh, this recruitment. But, again, this is still way, way early in the process. How do you evaluate it right now? I mean, yeah, it's January or February, excuse me. It's February 3rd, isn't it? Yeah, it's February 3rd. Don't really care too much about it, to be honest, because the kid is going to try to build up his brand. He's going to try to make it as hard as he possibly can in Oklahoma. And then to the point where he is so wanted – and his NIL brand is big enough in-state because it already is going to be big because he's the in-state kid, he's the five-star, he's the highest-rated kid to come out of the state of Oklahoma in a long time, you know, all that type of stuff. And I get it that IMG, but let's be honest, he's an Oklahoma kid. Like the, He doesn't even view himself in any way a Floridian at all. He, he views himself straight-up Oklahoma 
He comes back. His sister goes to OU. He knows that he has all the leverage in the world, and he's using it. He's using it, and he's he's using it to build his brand up for NIL. Um, and it's smart. What he's doing is smart. And the fact that you have, you know, all-time greats at Oklahoma and Kenny Stills and Gerald McCoy tweeting out about him, and you've got other, you know, and, and not just that, Kenny Stills is tweeting out, you know, about wanting to help the staff recruit and all that type of stuff. And I'm sure there will be other ex-players, considering there's already, what, 25 ex-players on the staff already. Uh, that's kind of Venable's mantra is get as many as you possibly can because they love the university and will do everything they can to help the university and the program. Uh, so you have all that going on, and there's you got the top kid to come out of the state of Oklahoma, and I can't remember how long. So, I mean, it, it's going to be – there's going to be drama. And I, I want OU fans to realize that there is going to be drama all the way up to National Signing Day uh, or at least through the summer or to, towards the end of the summer when he might make a decision then. So I, I would say just be prepared for all that. Michigan State, really, they are a true problem for Oklahoma at this point. But if he was going to commit, he would have committed, in my opinion, after visiting back-to-back weekends at Michigan State. So I think the further he gets away from visiting Michigan State and when he gets to Oklahoma – um, at some point in time, maybe on spring break or whatever, and then when he gets to Oklahoma again, when he comes back for the summer, he spends a lot of time in Norman. Last summer he was there two or three times a week just hanging out during the open periods uh, because his sister, he goes and stays with his sister and he walks right down the street and goes to the Switzer Center. So, I mean, there's there's a lot – there's a lot of good that comes from that, and then I guess there's a lot of bad because I guess it gets kind of stale if you're him because you're there all the time in Norman. Uh, and like he tweeted out, I don't tweet every time I'm in Norman. and He's in Norman quite a bit. So they offered his best friend uh, just recently out of Westmore, uh, and then Michigan State came back around and offered his best friend, and now everybody seems to be offering him. So uh, David Stone's a wanted man. And, you know, there's collateral damage going on around him. And I think it's going to be fun for people to watch, but it's also going to give a lot of people that take it very seriously anxiety. So if, if recruiting's not for you, I wouldn't pay attention to the David Stone saga because it's going to be a roller coaster. Brandon, Nick Jackson, transfer linebacker from Virginia. Sooner or Hawkeye, your thoughts on why and how close are we to a decision? I mean, I was told there could be a decision as early as today. I literally spoke to somebody uh, this morning about it as well and was told Oklahoma talked to him. has been on the phone with him quite a bit. Brent Venables, Ted Roof have made him a major priority as far as, you know, wanting him on campus, wanting him to be a Sooner. Um, and, you know, people question that because of Jaron Kanick, Kobe McKenzie, uh, obviously, Kip Lewis, uh, Danny Stutzman. I don't think Danny Stutzman's in any danger, but the other guys that I named, I mean, they're like, well, why Why wouldn't you want to play them? Well, this guy has been, what, I think you had 100 tackles three years in a row at Virginia. I think he's a three-time All-ACC linebacker. So, I mean, there's, there's reason why 
Venables wants him. He got to see him quite a bit when he was at Clemson and probably loved his game watching his film. So I, I, I you get it. Uh, at the same time, I named all those players, and I think that's the one thing Iowa has against Oklahoma is the fact they don't have as much talent for him to go up against to, to touch the field. So uh, I don't. I'd be lying if I said I knew one way or the other. He's Nick's uh, has kept it really close to his to the vest, um, and Jackson's been very, 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 very quiet uh, about his recruitment. So much so, when I reached out to him, he was like, "Hey, man, I'm not doing any interviews until after I make a decision." So uh, I I don't know where he is going to go. I know Oklahoma feels good about the situation. They've been real aggressive about it. But also in talking to people around Iowa and, and talking to a few people nationally, uh, Iowa, I guess, feels somewhat confident. But they are very worried that the fact they're going head-to-head with Oklahoma. So I, I think we should find out at some point today, um, potentially. Uh, if not, then that means maybe a decision was made and, and maybe uh, – maybe he's back to being indecisive. I don't know. I mean, I, I would be lying right now if I said I knew one way or the other where it was going. All right. What's going on with the Michael Hawkins situation? I had somebody come up to me here, even at, at Riverwind, and, and said, ask the guys about Michael Hawkins. Parker, Parker talked about it a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think is going on there? Uh, similarly to Parker, I, I, I think TCU is becoming quite the player. I mean, I, look, but at the same time, I also think they're dealing with a lot of UIL situations in Dallas with his moves at Frisco Emerson, getting the approval, getting all the paperwork, getting the you know the legalities of it done so that it comes off clean and all that type of stuff. So I also know that they're worried about that more than they are a commitment to a school at this juncture. Uh, but, you know, I talked to some people at Arkansas over the last few weeks, and our guy Danny West, told me flat out that they were told that he might have been silently committed to Arkansas at the time uh, Bryles started, you know, sniffing around at other programs. So, And I don't know how much I buy into that because at that same time, there was a lot of people at Oklahoma going, no, he's going to OU. And then you, obviously Parker knows his family, uh, talks to the dad, and everything seemed very much leaning towards Oklahoma. And then at uh, another addition to all that, I talked to a buddy of mine who was a uh, regional reporter for another network um, and had talked to Hawkins himself a week prior to the decision and was told it was Oklahoma. So, I mean, and, and he was neutral in that party. So uh, that just like most recruitments with quarterbacks and all that, you know, it's you got to believe you know, your sources, I tend to believe it was Oklahoma the whole time, and there was probably some disconnect at Arkansas a little bit. Uh, so, But still, you know, TCU is right down the road. So Browse has that, but they're playing catch-up right now, and Levy is not. Uh, so, And obviously with him growing up a big Oklahoma fan, is that playing at OU? Is that playing for Venables? You know, there's there's a connection there that – uh, is pretty deep with that family. So, and obviously, Levy playing with his dad at Oklahoma adds another element to all that. So, I like Oklahoma's chances here. I just think they they've got some other things that they're dealing with before they decide to make a decision. All right, Brandon. Before we let you go, 
the 2023 class is officially a wrap unless your name is Deuce Robinson. And so with this cycle now behind us, you look at Oklahoma's class of 26 commits. Give me the one guy, pick out one guy that you feel doesn't get talked about enough. Not necessarily an underrated player. That's not where I'm going necessarily with it. But a player who doesn't necessarily get talked about amongst the fans as much as he should. Probably Derek LeBlanc. I mean, he came in came in early, and the, the coaches seemed to love what he did during the bowl practices. So, I mean, uh, he's got the frame. He's got the length. He's got the explosiveness off the line. He's he's going to add weight. He's already at, like, 270, so he's 6'4", 270. He can play inside-outside once he adds the strength and all that to his game. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player for Oklahoma. Uh, so I, I would say Derek LeBlanc just because, one, they need defensive linemen, and two, he was highly sought after where everybody in the country wanted him. So um, I think at the end of the day, he's a guy that I think will – I don't know that he'll touch the field a whole lot as a freshman. I think he will, but I don't know how how much. But I think as a sophomore, junior, and you know potentially senior, I think he could be – one of the top D linemen in the, in the conference, whatever conference Oklahoma's in. There you go. Our weekly take from Brandon Drum, 247sportsounsider.com, here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, have a great weekend. We'll talk again next week. All right. Talk to you later. All right, let's break right here. We've got one more segment to go. And uh, don't forget, we're going to get locked in, obviously, with Parker and uh, Tyler McComas coming up at the top of the hour at 2 o'clock here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, some final sports notes. And we'll get as many texts in as we can before we get out of here on this Friday from Riverwind on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref. Okay, here at Riverwind on a Friday, great promotions in the month of February. Come on out here and win your share of $95,000 in cash and bonus play. In the month of February, the Love to Getaway promotion uh, is underway right now. You can play until February 25th. Play with your Riverwind wild card, earn points, and you can win one of three $10,000 Travel vouchers from Ray's Travel they're going to be giving away. That's a heck of a deal. They're also giving away five grand prize awards of $5,000 in cash later in the month, and that's in addition to all the other cash and bonus play that they're giving away in this great promotion, the Love to Getaway promotion. Don't forget about the Mad Dash for cash as well. Riverwind Casino, great dining options. Tonight is steak night at the River Buffet. Saturday night, it is seafood night Sunday a big-time brunch. They've got a great hotel. The renovations look great. Uh, they're getting close. I would say we're in the fourth quarter in the renovations right now, and uh, the areas that have been uh, renovated look unbelievable. And You can still play every game you're accustomed to playing right here at Riverwind Casino. All right, Parker, um, you want to close with some uh, texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Oh, sure. Here's a doozy. If Derek LeBlanc was so wanted by schools, why did he drop so far in the rankings? Well, we discussed this, and it's that Derek LeBlanc chose not to participate in the All-American game or the All-American Bowl, uh, any of the postseason showcases, which apparently when your name isn't Arch Manning is good enough for a good solid slide down the recruiting rankings. Now, that said, he still closed the cycle as a four-star and a top 300 player nationally. And guess what? 
three stars are still really good players. So when you're a blue chip and you rise above three-star level, it doesn't matter whether you rise late or fall late, you're a really good football player. There are three stars that end up with 50 offers. So the Derek LeBlanc snark needs to die because he had 12 and a half sacks as a senior. He can get after the quarterback. He can stuff the run. He's a tremendous addition, the crown jewel of this class for Todd Bates, and he's going to be a really good football player at the University of Oklahoma. And if you followed his activity on social media ever since his commitment, and if, you, if you've tracked his work as a peer recruiter, that guy is all in with the OU DNA. Sooners and uh, West Virginia tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. The rest of the Big 12 slate, you've got uh, Kansas playing in Hilton tomorrow against Iowa State at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Tech at Baylor, noon on CBS. Then you have TCU uh, playing at Oklahoma State tomorrow. ESPN Plus game at GIA. The Cowboys hosting the Horned Frogs. Texas at Kansas State, uh, 3 o'clock game on ESPN2. Nationally, really... The, uh, the big game is uh, at Assembly Hall, number 21, Indiana, hosting the number one rated Purdue Boilermakers and Zach Eady, the 7-4 uh, center for Purdue. Somebody was asking me, why don't I see Eady way up on these draft boards? Because he's super slow. I think he can be a really, you know, obviously he's he's got a chance to win the Wooden Award this year for Purdue, but in terms of the athleticism that the bigs, have to, uh, you know, have in their arsenal now. He's super slow. He would remind me of a, uh, a Boban-type player. There you go. You know, but uh, that'll be a good one, Purdue and Indiana, tomorrow. All right, let's get some more texts in. All right, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. Doc asks, to get speed on the field, would Jaden Rowe be a candidate for kick and punt returner, or is he most likely a rotation guy in the secondary? Well, I, I do think he ends up in the rotation in the secondary doc, but here's what you also have to understand. It's not just about speed when you're playing the return game. It's about vision, and it's a, especially when you're talking about punt returner, it's about an ability to maintain focus in one of the most harrowing situations imaginable on the gridiron. Returning punts is not for the faint of heart, and there's a reason why Oklahoma had Marvin Mims return punts for three years even while he was the most valuable receiver on the entire roster, it's because it's such a difficult thing to do, and there's such a premium placed on guys that can do it well. So for Jaden Rowe, I, to my knowledge, he doesn't have much of a background, if any, as a returner, and he is very fast, don't get me wrong, but the return game, I would think, is more suited to guys like Billy Bowman, Peyton Bowen, Gavin Freeman, guys that have done it before uh, and done it extensively. Who has the – it's got to be Anto- Antonio Perkins with the most uh, punt returns for touchdowns in OU history. I mean, he had what? Was it Was it four in that game against – He had three. Uh, he had three, three And didn't they have one that was called back he or something? He did also have one that was called back, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people think Joe Washington, too, and Joe, little Joe had that unbelievable uh, one out at the Coliseum where I think he netted maybe two yards or something, but he ran around for, like, it seemed like 60 seconds, and he had the unbelievable one against Oklahoma State. But, yeah, that, that was a day for Antonio Perkins, no doubt. Okay, let's get one more in. I think quarterback play is going to be the most improved position in 2023. No, hang with me. I think Dylan Gabriel is still a starter. Uh, but having a great backup in Arnold, Dylan Gabriel is going to be free to play his game, and it's going to be twice as effective. 
Interesting point. Yeah, very interesting point. Uh, but, you know, I don't know that they uh, they tried to hide him or limit him too much. And uh, last year, right, Parker, even when he came back from the uh, concussion protocol, he was running around a little bit. But maybe, maybe. Okay, we're out of time. We're going to get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas coming up at the top of the hour right here on The Ref. want to thank my friends here at Riverwind. They are simply the best. Justin, the marketing team here. Colin, everybody involved, you guys are awesome. And I want to thank, of course, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley uh, as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, for a great deal on a car, truck, SUV, or a pre-owned vehicle. Great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no, I said no, additional cost to you. Everybody have a great weekend. Let's get locked in. Up next, we'll see you.